right. So any closing thoughts that you want to leave the listeners with? Wash your hands. Yeah, wash your fucking hands and wash your ass. And uh, don't forget to social distance. Uh, physically, not mentally. So keep talking to people. Just don't, you know, breathe on them. responsibilities I'm basically well I'm kind of in charge of coordinating like remote work for our people mm-hmm. so well it's not like all of the people in my job but like my specific sect of my job like yeah like working with people to get shit set up on their computers like shit wasn't working then it was and then People being dumb dumbs and people being panicky. Yeah. So the funny, like, there's like, in Texas, it's not even bad. Like, it, well, specifically in San Antonio, like, I think there's only like, um, uh, shit. I think there's only like, only a couple of cases actually in San Antonio, and I don't think any of them have actually been fatal. So, so yeah, it's it's a it's a bitch, man. I'm not gonna lie, I was. I was really hoping, like, this shit would have passed, like, virtually every other thing during our lifetime, but it looks to be this shit's going to be, well, I don't want to dismiss and say a nuisance, but, because, I mean, people can't die from it, but this shit's going to be a minute. I think the issue is that, like, this is a super bug in, like, a way that we haven't had a super bug in, like, since, like, pre-flu shot. And I'm not trying to compare this to the flu because it's very different in a lot of ways. Uh, So before the internet comes jumping down my throat. Uh, But like it's it's a similar level of easy to spread and with no immunity and no consistent testing. And it is happening to populate at the same time as the flu, which has a similar set of symptoms. Yeah. Uh, and which we are so used to not being a big deal that our our lack of a, making this a big deal is kind of also an issue. Yeah. So I don't, like I said before, I don't really consider myself like a conspiracy theorist head or whatever. Um, and so, like I said, I was, and I think most people sort of have the logic of, or the thought at least of, well, you know, news is trying to scare us with, like, another disease yet again. Uh, let me go out to this happy hour, uh, two-for-one bullshit. Like, bars and clubs are all packed. Like, Disney World was still packed. Like, yeah, it was just people just not giving a shit. So, um, I was actually, because, like, every Sunday, me and a group of um, people, we hit up this, like, local sandbar around the corner from where I live 
and like I wasn't even thinking about that doing that shit. Like, mm-hmm. like I was like, I'm good. Um, actually, when I saw Wendy, um, the theater that I saw it in, it had already like um, they set up the so everywhere in San Antonio, if you go to a movie theater, it's all it's always a rain scene. So you're always picking out the specific mm-hmm. scene to go to. And so they basically made it so you had to sit at least two seats apart. So mm-hmm. like that's when what I first, they started to do in Boston before they just shut everything down. Yeah, before I like even like caught on to that, I thought like the, the shit was sold out, and I was like, "This is an empty ass theater anyway." What was going on? And then I like looked at other showings, and every single one was the same. So. And so I think they're probably going to end up shutting theaters down here, I would say, by this weekend. So I, I, call I would right. hope so. So my understanding right now is that the coasts are, like, now probably seven, six or seven days behind where Italy is right now. And the center of the country is about two days behind us. Not That's not an exact measurement, by the way. I'm not a doctor. Talk to the CDC. Uh, I'm not your mom. So uh, You're not? Surprise. Isn't that the theme of Peter Pan, Wendy, and Hook? <laughs> I mean, yes. And, like, boy, do I have some opinions on how the feminism in those movies doesn't exist. Uh, but uh, <laughs> let's, let's get to the shits. Let's, overall, like, uh, But remember, uh, wash your hands. Uh, if you sing the chorus of You Can Fly Twice, that will cover your 20 seconds. Uh, and stop sneezing on people, assholes. Uh, practice safe social distancing watch Hook on Netflix watch Peter Pan on Disney Plus I would not be surprised if Wendy starts streaming somewhere soon so practice safe social distancing have fun make fun choices but make safe choices and maybe like don't have any coronials don't have coronavirus babies drink all the coronas you want Um, drink some hand sanitizer if uh, in nine months a bunch of um, Corona babies pop up, they will be what nine months from now, uh, December babies. Yeah, Sagittarius. Uh, that's a decent one. That's not that, bad. Yeah, yeah, no, because Valentine's Day is usually the Scorpios, and like, no thanks. <laughs> is this an anti-Scorpio podcast now? Uh, no, uh, my uncle is a Scorpio. He's great, uh, but there I tend to find are some Scorpios that are super chill and can definitely hang, and then there are some that is just the sound that you make while screaming, but personified. Uh, I mean, and that's not a coin flip I'm willing to make. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Scorpios are uh, interesting people. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, that's how the podcast is going to survive in the months where there are movies. No movies, by the way. We're just going to talk about astrological signs for two hours every week. Oh yeah, the only—I mean, shit—the only real sign I know uh, are Cancer because hey. we, are, we are mega emo. Um, we feel everything, and we give off like we feel nothing, but we literally feel everything. Um, that is not at all my lived experience, but okay. What do, um, cause like, 
So for so basically, like I'm a cancer, my mom's a cancer, my dad's a cancer. I'm a cancer too. And they had like a mega cancer baby. So, like, actually, you know, actually, no, I take it back. It's not that we don't, we don't. It's not that people can tell, can't tell what we're feeling. It's just that we have a very hard time of like, unless we're like actively engaging, opening up in our feelings, like. We, we don't, like, really discuss our feelings. Like, my mom and my dad, like, they're fucking, like, brick walls sometimes. And, like, that shit's so frustrating. Um, because I'm younger than them, but I talk about... I try to talk about my feelings with them way more than they actually try to engage with me about my feelings about stuff. Um, but what is, your, what is your lived cancer experience? All right. So, uh, my mom and I have a pretty open communication about emotional stuff. Uh, she is not always great at, like, receiving my emotionality, but she tries her best. Uh, so, like, that's a thing. I do acknowledge that. Uh, I am incredibly emotionally frank with people, but I try not to make my emotions and my emotionality their responsibility and that's something I really pride myself on, um, is that I can tell you how I'm feeling, but not necessarily need help with it. Um, and so that's something that I've I've always tried to to do and to model. Uh, although I've always been told that I because like if you look at my like extended star chart, which I don't know if this is a thing that I believe in necessarily, but like it is a thing I've looked at. I'm like only a Cancer in my main sign. I'm pretty much. Uh, leo and virgo and like everything else about me okay so i've got like a lot of those other things in there okay no i'm i'm half cancer half cancer so it's all like it's a tsunami of emotions (laughs) i'm also a prolific journaler which is a thing that i i learned to do to kind of cope with live with keep track of my emotionality like this weekend i was going through some old journal posts definitely shouldn't have done that (laughs) as soon as they're done they go in a box in the attic and like i never look at them again and someday i'll take great joy in setting fire to it but oh i can't burn even though this ipad is old as fuck i can't burn this ipad oh see i use paper oh man Oh, no, I do. It's, oh, my God. I have so many random journals. I mean, like, I absolutely texted my friend Corv today. Shout out to Corv again, because whatever. We shout him out a lot on this podcast. <laughs> he actually sent me the funniest DM, and I couldn't. Like, I literally was laughing so hard I had to show it to my mom. Uh, that was, let me find it. Uh, I can't wait to watch Invisible Man win all of the Oscars because it's the only movie that came out this year. <laughs> I mean, fuck what? What other movies? It's like Invisible Man and Wendy, but no one has. Is and going Birds to of Prey, and and men hate Birds of Prey. So we have our official. You heard it here, folks. Our first Oscar pick. Yeah, <laughs> best picture, Invisible Man, because it's the only thing. Yeah, uh, Kate Moss, early front runner for best actress. <laughs> <laughs> Only available option for Best Actress, like, apparently. Like oh, my God. Like this, this year has been... Oh, my God. Someone there, tweeted... It's, my it's expectations like the worst for this ever. year were so low. It was so low. 
it like I buried my expectations for this year, and somehow, like somehow, crypt- somehow, they have just tunneled under. Like <laughs> journey well, to the center of the earth style. Oh, we should cover that. Like all the way down. Bro, I. <sighs> I can say this without hyperbole, like, from 20, I would say from 2015 until now, like, these, like, last five years, going on six years, have legit been the weirdest years of my entire life. Like, I've gone through, like, I've gone through, like, massive depression. I've gone through, like, beautiful moments with people that I love. I've gone through fun moments. I've gone through trying moments. But like mm-hmm. I've I've literally never seen this country be this way before. Like this country is it's not, well, it's not even the country, it's the world. Like the world is on its ass. Like yep. can, we have to figure a way to put the planet in rice. Like we need until it restarts. Bro, like we need that hard reset. Like, man, like this shit has been oh, dog, this shit has been wild, man. Yeah, it's been a time. That's for for dip danged sure. Yeah, man. But speaking of speaking of a time, let's let's get to the shits. Let's, let's go to uh, a different time. Let's go to a much more racist time. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't gonna say that, but you're right, bro. Okay, so uh, for this episode, we are finally going to be covering um, the original Peter Pan Disney animated feature. We're going to be covering Hook, and also we're going to be covering um, 2020's Wendy. Um, just looking at all three movies, uh, one movie I can say it going, it's going to fall into, for me at least, the burn the original film problematic level. <laughs> um, Kat already has thoughts on the feminism or lack thereof in each of the movies, which I agree without even having to think about it. But, um, but let's get to it, man. So... Let's talk about the first, um, the first Disney movie, or or if you actually want to start about the um, feminism in all three movies, like what are your thoughts on that? Because you did bring it up pretty early. Yeah, so I'm. I think I'm gonna probably go movie by movie, if that's okay. Uh, do it. But like Wendy, Wendy in Peter Pan, uh, the Walt Disney version. I, I, uh, mm, I, I really, I genuinely do like her characterization up to a point, but watching that opening scene with the dad, like, being such an asshole, and, (laughs) and then the mom, like, being like, don't be too hard on your father, and I'm like... (laughs) Let us not bicker and fight about who abused who. Like, <laughs> I kind of was like, all right, so, like, this is one of my favorite movies growing up, by the way. Like, genuinely. Ooh, hard so, <laughs> Oh, no, but, like, I was also, I had, yeah, and the VHS cuts down significantly on the What Makes the Red Man Red sequence. Oh, Okay. Because I went back and was like, I still have this fucking honking Disney clamshell monstrosity in my basement. Like, let me boot up an old VCR and see how it is. 
and uh, at least in the version I have, it the song is in there, but it's they cut like a whole verse. Um, Yo, talking about like the um, the digitization and remastering in these movies. They made these Native Americans redder in these fucking movies. It's so gross. It's so bad. Well, did you so see what bad. I tweeted last night? Because I couldn't stop laughing about this. I was watching this movie at 1.30 in the morning, like you do. I had a long day of panicking yesterday. Oh, no. Uh, well, you have to understand, like, everything is shut except the supermarket, pet stores, and pharmacies now. Yeah. And, like... Pet stores are open? They, yeah. What, like, I'm going to leave the rabbits to starve? <laughs> no, no, no. I was, as soon as I asked that, I, I immediately, you know, remember that pet stores actually treat pets, not just sell pets, so. Yeah. So, yeah, sense, yeah. Uh, but, you know, so it's it's been kind of stressful. And also, like, people fighting me about social distancing is, like upsetting what? because i used i used to live in italy so watching my friends in italy like being turned away from the hospital because they think that other people have better odds of surviving than them is like yeah whatever you know it's too much and the internet is too much and if i was not uh, running several pages on uh, Facebook, I would be off Facebook completely right now. Probably same with Twitter because it's a pit. Uh, but anyway, uh, so uh, the Disney Plus TV rating on the top left of uh, Peter Pan says that it is TVG because it to- uh, contains tobacco use. <laughs> Are you sure that's the only thing they're trying to warn you about? Uh, it contains racial slurs also. He says, Peter Pan, mighty warrior, save Tiger Lily, make Big Chief heap glad. Well, he certainly doesn't look heap glad. (laughs) Make Peter Pan heap Big Chief. You now, little flying eagle. Jesus Christ! Like they they use like red skin in this shit. They call like call them savages. Like and not not in the like twenty sixteen like twenty one savage type of savage. Like they're really calling yeah. people savages. So, uh, so yeah, uh, that's always fun. Um. I honestly think, though, if you were to cut that whole sequence out, like, yes, Peter Pan is trash, but he's kind of trash in the books. Like, well, he's Peter, an asshole. Peter Pan's not a nice character. Yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah, he's he's an asshole that feeds off, uh, I guess, the sexual tension he creates for these mermaids and Tinkerbell. Like, he, like... He, well, no, he likes attention from everybody. He likes to be the leader of the Lost Boys. He likes, you know, being fought over. Yeah. And fawned over. Like, it's all a, it's a whole moment, you know? Uh, even if 
it's bad, which it is. Uh, you know, but that's the thing, right? He's a child. A lot of people like attention when they're children. And that's okay. So, but go more specifically to your original thoughts. So, yeah, like I said, uh, I have a, like I said, I have a problem with, I definitely have a problem with the racism in the movie. But, oh, totally. But uh, for me, my biggest issue is that Wendy, to my mind, is so characterized exclusively by the fact that she's going to be a mother someday. Um, and yeah, that's like that's, it. It, they're grooming her if that's her only role in life. Yep. And like literally at one point he was like, well, you talk too much. He literally says, guys, I brought a mother for us. Like, Yeah. Even the little brother, the little brother asks, are you our mother? Uh, well, yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, it's not good at all. It's fucking terrible. Um. So that that creates some interesting uh, problems. Additionally, uh, I think it's very just the fact that every other woman in this story is actively trying to tear Wendy down. Yeah, that's super gross. Like there is no I don't like technically this movie passes the Bechtel test. But only because of the line, what? We were only trying to drown her. Yeah, uh, Tinkerbell admitting to uh, attempted murder. Yeah. This is not what you want. Yeah. 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 Um, none of it's great. So, well, like I said, for me, this... This falls into the category of burn the original. Mm -hmm. But um, is there, before we actually make the official judgment on it, is there anything from this movie that, I know you said you grew up on it, and obviously, you know, growing up with a lot of problematic art, there's, it's like a naivete that you naturally would have because you really don't know, like, I mean, you really don't know, like, what, you know, is complex when you're really that Mm -hmm. young. But is there anything from Peter Pan that you feel is like in 2020 is worth is worth saving or is redeemable? Uh, yeah. So I would make an argument that uh, the aesthetics of the film, obviously, with the exception of the fucking horrible racial shit, is worth holding up as part of the highest like highest kind of uses of that art form so it's heavily rotoscoped so wendy peter um and the two boys as well as uh uh tank are heavily rotoscoped which means that someone was actually in a studio performing and they drew over their uh over their movements on film and that's how they made it Okay. Uh, to me, that and that beautiful color work is absolutely worth saving. Uh, I would probably save, like, if I had to pick uh, the scene where they fly to Neverland and see Neverland for the first time. 
I would keep that. Pretty much everything else I, I would say could go, but I, I would make an argument that that sequence is worth saving. Um, well, I, I agree that the animation is is really, really well, really, really well made and really well put together. Um, not just from looking at it from a 2020 perspective, but I even remember you know, growing up and thinking that it was Disney definitely understands like the power of like you know good animation mm-hmm. and the aesthetic value and all that but I don't, for me personally it's even like i said before like the native american skin isn't it's red it's like a it's a gross red that they actually mm-hmm. put on these people yes. and so i mean and that's still a part of like the aesthetics of it so for me personally, it, I'm I'm in the category of burn the original. So, for you, are you are you burn the original problematic or hella problematic or kind of problematic? So I'm like, I is this is it a cop out to say like save save the chunk where they're flying and landing and then burn everything else? Oh, uh, yeah, you, you have to have it all. It has to be like. Also, I would make the argument that following the leader, like the song that they include, is probably the only reason that some preschool teachers haven't committed homicide. I mean, that that had like a part of like, um, we're going to kill the engines. <laughs> I mean, yes, but like conceptually. Bobby. <laughs> Bobby. This, this movie is really tough because it's made from something that like i don't know if you've read the original peter pan probably not since like elementary if that yeah so that i I won't say because i haven't read it in years but i have read it fairly recently like in the last five years or so that's pretty bad it's 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 rough uh, but I don't remember if this is actually a faithful adaptation just to a problematic book or if it adds its own problematicness. I don't know that it matters, but it's something that I would, I would personally would like to examine more at some point. Uh, so I guess I will, uh, I will firmly say, uh, save the recordings of the music except what makes the red man red. Yeet that shit into the ocean, but burn everything else. Uh, nah, it's gotta save it all. Save it all or nothing at all. It's a package deal. It's like committee. It's by committee? <laughs> I, I, I was trying to say it's like chlamydia. <laughs> chlamydia. Instead, you said it's a committee. I know. I I stumbled over my own joke. It was bad. It's a chlamydia. Oh, this that movie is a chlamydia. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. So I I guess then just toss toss the lot. Uh, if if you, if you, if wanna... you do if you do show it to your kids, uh, talk to them about it. Because, like, so, leaving that shit unchecked is not great. So, no, you can have it as hella problematic. And you can save 
the artistic aspect of it, you can save some of the music of it. So you're going in the category of hella problematic. Yeah, but I would say it's right on that outer echelon. Like it is, it is right there. Okay. The thing that bothers me, by the way, is that they use more, like, there are sequences where they describe them as the natives, and they also describe them as aborigine, which is not technically correct, but is less incorrect than calling them Indians. Because it was like... So it's it's, like, you knew the language existed. You just chose not to use it. Because, like, it was like, the tall, slender kid, it was like, we'll see the aboriginals. Or Aborigines or something like that. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, maybe they won't go full, you know, racist. Maybe those go halfway racist. And then literally, like, a, se- a half a second later. It was like, it was, oh. It was like, also, the, did the savages. The pretty, the pretty, uh, the pretty native girl, Tiger Lily, is, like way lighter than everyone else yeah so it's like they literally made every other native american super red super ugly super extravagant noses like stereotypical like um accents or whatever yeah and she she happened to be like light and bright and beautiful and so she was the one worth kidnapping but these other people and it was also the one that it was socially acceptable for peter pan to like desire affection from and also it was appropriate for wendy to be jealous of her because she is closer to them than yeah than other the other people were which is horrifying yeah, so Peter's an attention whore, so so he's like getting all the attention as yeah. much as same. So yeah, this movie, uh, get it the fuck out of here for Zero me. Out of ten on that one. Yeah, so I can't wait to get this rating on Letterboxd. <laughs> I will say, just purely like aesthetically and as a visceral childhood experience, I think I gave it like a three. Yeah, like, I think I gave it a three. It might have been a three and a half, but uh, you gave it three and a half. Okay, so I gave it three and a half. Uh, but a lot of that is aesthetically, viscerally, musically. You know, even though literally there was a point where I like put my hood up and like hid from my chair, hid hid in my chair in shame. <laughs> pale face (laughs) and there are also times that i straight up flinched i was like oh like bro like because it's so it's so weird just hearing like by the way this is why i like using you know words more than a numerical rating system yeah because if my numerical rating system is largely based on technical stuff then, like, how do you quantify for the problematic quotient? Or do you? Oh, no, I'm, when I give you that half star, I'm going to be factoring that in, too. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. What makes me want to get close to someone and snuggle? Fear. Salutations. I'm Melisette. And on a frightful fret with Melisette, 
I read classic horror stories combining audiobooks and audio drama into a podcast. Come away with me into the darkness and let me make your ears tingle with a sensation of terror. A Frightful Fret with Melisette. Available everywhere podcasts are and find us at ourfrightfulfret.net. Don't forget. Pivoting from uh, 1953's Peter Pan, uh, let's take a step into the quasi, well, the future uh, for 1991's Hook. Now, the thing about Hook that I've never understood was the critical reception to it. Critically, the, the movie is Pan, but I have literally not met a single kid that did not like Hook. And I'm using kid like literally like when I was a kid growing up. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, like, every I saw it every, for the first time. All my friends today. fucking love Hook. Like, so <laughs> I did not see it as a child. I saw it as a 22-year-old woman. Yeah, and so I never, I ne- like on. I think on um, Rotten Tomatoes it has like a 29 or some ridiculously low score. And so, but the thing is, like, Rufio is this real, like, seminal badass character that everyone loved. This oh, is like, am I already planning a Rufio cosplay? Yes. Uh, you should. I approve. <laughs> uh, I mean, you have to understand, it has a twenty-seven percent uh, critic. It has a seventy-eight per, or seventy-six percent audience. Yeah. So. So I I think I think critically like I think people were just expecting just a live action Peter Pan when Hook is like super original it's it's like loving it's like silly but it it's it has a heart like I and I, I use this on this podcast to describe things with heart a lot I feel like but I just feel like there's like a lot of emotional connection that Robin Williams makes with these kids in this movie. Yeah, that is really tangible, and like you, like you don't feel like it's ever forced. Like you really feel like, like Robin Williams took this character who was a shell of a human being basically, and he sprouted a heart from his love of not only his children, but these other lost boys also. It was um, fine. Yeah, it, and it's super imaginative, like. It was fine. Uh, the the triple mohawks on Rufio, like, like you can't beat that. Like, it I'm really fine. surprised no one knows that. I'm serious. It's crazy. So you okay? So you just finished Hook for the first time. So yeah. What, um, what are your thoughts on Hook? I really liked it, except. I feel that his transition from adult to kid was so extreme and so quick. There was no slow watching it happen. It's I'm business, big business, business. Oh shit. I need to save my kids. Uh, I'm still business, big business, business. I'm a four year old. I mean, well, no, and I don't think it's that, that quick. Oh it, yeah. I kind of feel like it is. Watching this movie without nostalgia goggles is really weird for me because it has. I've said this about 
I don't mean this as an insult at all, but it is very Amblin-y. I mean, it's because it's a Spielberg movie. Yeah, Spielberg, but like, yeah. Amblin just takes like this rose-colored wash and just rubs it all over your childhood, especially if you're a boy. And I don't care for that. I was going to say, it's only for boys. Like, I don't... There's not a like, lot of Amblin movies that are for, for girls. I... I uh, thought Rufio was interesting, but I wanted anything about him at all. His only real character development is his the line he says as he's dying. beautiful dramatic scene but i also kind of feel like i'm like all right so i guarantee that like robin williams when he was like i have a plan he's like rufio here's your lines after i let hook stab you like actually because in spielberg movies kids don't die like rufio is like one of the only kids actually get killed in the spielberg movie it's pretty gnarly that's kind of why i feel like he is like maybe it's a setup because it was so like i was waiting for rufio to wink at the camera like <laughs> oh, that's... And, and maybe like i'll be honest this movie got me but this movie got me really hard in the first like half an hour so then the other two hours well good like to me it never reached the emotional height of Wendy seeing Peter for the first time. Um, and I like, think... I know it doesn't really have to, but I feel like it should have at least met that at the end. Well, I mean, because there's no, I mean, the Wendy is an old lady. And I think, I think what this movie wanted to do was, which again, Spielberg, he's really trying to exercise the demons of his divorced dad not being in his childhood. Like, the real emotional uh, connection is from Peter and his kids Mm -hmm. and building that up. And so whenever, after uh, after Rufio's killed and we see Peter and his son and he's like, you know, I want to go home now. And, you know, they're, you know, the son sees, like, Hook is full of shit. And so I think that aspect of it is supposed to be, like, the emotional gravity of the movie. A Hook wasn't. Hook was being like he's an a a, a a abhorrently bad person, but was being a really good father. What? Well, <laughs> well, actually, you're not. Yeah, you're not off. <laughs> so I was kind of like, okay, like if if I'm expected, because if I'm expected to see people as having like like the whole idea, right? Is like. Pan, obviously, is really a multifaceted character. And we have to believe that his, you know, that little kid part of him still exists in kind of, but it's been kind of hardened into this adult thing, right? And then when he goes back to the world, he has to exist with both, right? Yeah. And Peter Pan's nemesis is 
all comic book villain, but also is somehow an excellent father. But we can't say that's a good thing. Well, like, it's a very it's a very weird line of like, OK, we have to forgive Robin Williams because he did a good thing. But like even if he was parenting well for the wrong reason, like he was getting good parenting. Well, That's not I, a bad thing. I don't. I think Hook. He's shouldn't, like. The, shouldn't this be Spielberg's messy movie? Like it's like Mamma Mia. I have two possible dads. Like shouldn't this be the goal? Shouldn't it actually come down to a like, Dad? Did you change and like do what you said you were gonna do? Not just Dad. Are you more fun? Well, because no, okay, never so. did. He never said like. I acknowledge I missed your game. I acknowledge that I broke your trust. I said that my word was to my bond and I couldn't be there for you. I needed one moment of him being like, I know what I did and I'm sorry. And I understand why you as like, he's what, 10 probably. I understand why you, my 10 year old son doesn't think I'll ever be there for you. But like, I'm willing to fight all the pirates in the world for you. I'm willing to learn how to have fun again. And I'm doing it for you. Obviously, like, write it better than that, because that's a little ham-fisted. But, like, you know what I mean? There was never a moment where he acknowledged that he was wrong before. He just fixed it. Well, that's not the even thing. fixed so, it. But he became thing, a child. Though. But that's like, the thing. So the, the movie isn't necessarily... It, it doesn't hold your hand in that sort of way, but... And so basically, like, the kids feel like they don't love him. Like, they, they, the kids feel like they're just a burden to Peter Pan. And so at the end, when he's saying, like, when I thought of my happy place and it was you, like, that's, that, that is the admission of his guilt, in a sense. Like, so the kids think it's a burden for him to go to, like, a play or to, like, a, a baseball game. And so, like, this is a father. He doesn't make time for his kids, basically. And so he's doing all these things as far as, like, working hard and financial, mm-hmm. whatever. But kids don't give a fuck about that. Kids, kids, especially if you're that young, like, a majority of kids, they just want the time and attention. And so when the kids feel like they, they don't have that, it's kind of like, well, you're just a guy that impregnated my mom. And so I think the thing with, with Hook He's like the cool step. He's like the cool guy just dating your mom. Like he's gonna let you do all the extra shit to get away with things, and so you'll think like he's a good guy. But at the end of the day, he's really just trying to bone your mom. Mm-hmm. And so like the thing that Hook does is he basically like he gives him a hook and and will allow him to commit assault. Like, but so he's like he's doing the fun things that like dads can do, but. He's still not like, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's, he does support the kid, especially like in a baseball aspect, like the baseball scene where like he's, everyone's selling out. He's like giving up the lobs, he's the home run, everyone's cheering or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, like kids love that aspect of it, but I mean, he's still not his dad. And so, you know, the, the love it's that you have of... for your parents doesn't, isn't not, isn't outweighed by anybody else. To me, it felt like he wound up being, like, a great friend for the kids and not an adult for them, which is, like, annoying to me because maybe it's just because I'm kind of over, like, men who the people they're married to need to, like, parent. I don't know. But, like, I was like, oh, great news. Moira's got three kids now. 
I mean, that's kind of what it was, yeah. And, like, I, no thanks. Like, to to me, that was just a little, a little too far. I was like, you got to give me just something here to believe that, like, he's also going to be an adult. Because right now, it, it to me, the resolution was way too far in the other direction. And I just wanted, I wanted to believe that it was going to, like, work out in a way for the family. Does that make sense? Like, because I got, I got the sense that, like, he did the adventure, the adventure dad. But, like, now what? Like, they go home, and he threw his phone out the window, so he'll spend more time with his kids. I hope they paid off their house. Like, I hope they're, like, solid. Oh, he's a total, he's a total Republican, so they're good. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. He, he does have the Republican glasses. Um, but, like, it, it just, it, it, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be so, like, stammery about this, but, like, it to me it did not feel I just needed one more scene, you know, where I saw that there was like a balance at the end of this. Well well what specifically do you mean about balance? Just like him being a good husband and a dad or or, or just something that led me to believe that like he wasn't just a 10-year-old who hung up on his boss, climbed up a drain pipe, and now everything is fine. Like Spielberg doesn't he doesn't get that deep. So no, like, but like I mean he gives you the surface. So I, me, I can understand where you're Show him me from. at the Suns baseball game. Like show me at him at the Suns baseball game. Show me something just to see that he's engaged like outside of that moment. Well yeah I mean because the original Peter Pan it ends like when everyone's back home from the the play or whatever, uh, not the play, but whatever the fuck they is, some snooty England thing. Um, but no, I know what you mean. So there's no, there's literally no tomorrow. Like this is all in the course of a day, both movies. Yeah. So actually, not even a whole day. It's just like a, a fucking night. So. Evening. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I just it considering that they showed us like the days leading up to it the kind of front half of this movie felt loaded and the end didn't feel like, I feel like he looked down and was like, Oh shit, it's two twenty four. Uh, yeah. So we're going to end it there. Uh, like, well, no, like the, the, the end, like the second half of the movie is all action. Like, so I'm watching, yeah. it, I'm watching it right now and it's at the hour 11 minute mark and we're just getting to the, the food fight scene. So yeah, he hasn't even flown yet. Which so. by the way, keep in mind, like, I really enjoyed the movie. I am critical of it because I feel like, for me, it's at like a four. This is what it would take to get it to a five for me. I think no, it's a great kids. That's... I think it's a great kids movie. I think it's a great kids adventure movie. Uh, because all of my friends saw it, and I never wanted to admit to any of them that I hadn't seen it. I have been saying bangerang for most of my life. Uh, Poser. <laughs> I was very afraid of being alone as a child. Oh, uh, God damn cancer. 
I and here I am now, social distancing and alone as an adult. So you know, Aww. nailed it. Uh, hey, as long as you have your friends in your heart, you'll never be alone. I'm starting a new Animal Crossing village with my friends. So you know, we're making it work. Exactly, we gonna make it. We gonna make it. We gonna make it. We gonna make it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh, I, I think it's almost there, especially considering it's like a Peter Pan story with no songs because Peter Pan has often been told as a musical. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really a really strong entry. I also think that Robin Williams gives a very good performance, but I don't think he's the best performance in the movie. Who was your? Who do you give like the best performance to? Uh, I give it to Dustin Hoffman as Hook. I oh. think I think he's got it. Now pay attention, class. We have a lot to go over. Lesson one. Why parents hate their children. Anyone? Doesn't mommy read to us every night? You, the cute little urchin in the front row. Won't you share your thoughts with the whole class? Yes. I said mommy reads to us every night because she loves us very much. Loves you? Isn't that the, uh, the, uh, the L word, Captain? Oh, yes. No, child. I think your mother reads to you every night in order to stupefy you to sleep. So that she and daddy could sit down for three measly minutes without you and your mindless, inexhaustible, unstoppable, repetitive, and nagging commands. He took my toy. She hit my bell. I want a potty. I want a cookie. I want to stay up. I want, I want, I want me, 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 me. Mine, 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 mine. Now, now, now. Can't you understand, child? They tell you stories to shut you up and conk you out. That's not true, Jack. You're a liar! Lie? Me? <laughs> Never. <laughs> the truth is far too much fun. <laughs> oh no, he he fucking does. His, Got it. his comedic timing for this is great. Uh, shout out to my friend Kelly, uh, who I was texting because she is obsessed with Hook and she knows that I haven't seen it, uh, and and has always been respectful of that. Uh, and I I sent her some notes. Uh, while I was watching it, um, including, I think I'm going to cosplay Rufio. Uh, oh, wait, maybe I should make Rufio's battle vest. Uh, <laughs> and Fuck then it's... I said something along the lines of Dustin Hoffman is giving me life right now. Uh, I bet Smee fucks. Boy, is that some child acting. So the thing with Hook is kind of the thing like the Dark Knight. Like, if you get the villain, like, really right, mm-hmm. it it can supplement for a hero that's, like, not a, not on par. So Dustin Hoffman, he really aced, um... Yeah. Uh, he really aced the part. And uh, I also think uh, whoever played Smee, I don't remember his name. I had it written down. I can't find it. Um, oh, he's... Uh, fucking... He is so good. He he's on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He's a oh. fucking cop. Oh, it's um yeah. Hoff. Ha. It's like it starts with a D, doesn't it? Hold on. Fuck, I'm, I'm on it. Work. I'm on the IMDb. Hang on. Bob Hoskins. 
Bob Hoskins. Fuck, I said D. Um, I thought was also great. Uh, like I thought their chemistry also was very good. Uh, the the scene where he's like, "I'll kill myself. I'll do it. Don't talk me out of it. Don't talk me out of it. Talk me out of it. Talk me out of it." Like that's that's big, big me energy. Um. uh also though like i would be remiss if i didn't mention this one thing like really bothered me and i was trying to watch this film as a children's film by the way so please do keep that in mind uh julia roberts as tinkerbell when she makes herself big to kiss peter pan for no discernible reason but okay fine uh who doesn't she, want to kiss Robin Wings? She, like, moans like a porn star. Hey. Like, loudly. And hey. for the duration. And I was, like, sca- hey. I'm like, this is PG. Not no more. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay, This is this for the dads? Like, what is this? Oh. <laughs> it's for somebody, all right. Like, I'm like, I, I don't know who Julia Roberts <laughs> with this haircut moaning like that is four shout out to the original pixie literally <laughs> except that's more it's, it's she's wearing more of a shag oh man but no that um i don't know i don't know who I was for like you're in a I'm prom gonna... dress you're in a prom dress i, I don't making know making that noise for. She was making it all right. Mm. I was like, is this what? Who is this for? It's like, a bang ring. It's, it's, is, got is, a that, bang is that the new version of Do It for the Vine? Do It for the Bangarang? I mean, I, I think Bangarang can be used in a lot of different ways. <laughs> bangarang. You know what I'm saying? Hey girl. Oh my god, I am here for the bangerang. Do it for the bangerang. I know. So I I we agree that like Hook is a good movie. Yes. Um I it sounds like you would give it a four stars in letterbox. Um, I know I'm torn between three and a half and four because upon further examination, I think I I am over nostalgia goggled on Peter Pan, like the original, or the original, I'll put that in quotes, the Disney version that is supplanted any other iteration of Peter Pan as the original because Disney is a corporate machine that I don't necessarily like but do appreciate. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I think I would probably give that two and a half. I, I'm torn between giving this three and a half and four. Okay, um, I'm well. One, I'm a slave to Robin Williams, first of all, and which, by the way, when I said he wasn't the best performance in this movie, he's still excellent. Oh yeah, sorry, I, I didn't, just I didn't, yeah, I didn't take that to mean you were taking something away from him. I never, I never did that at all. Um, I'm a well, I'm a slave to Robin Williams. I'm a slave to Hook, so I'm probably going to give like a four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like, like I said, like contextually, like of the time, like this was like always like a fan of like 
this is always like a big movie with like me and my friends. Um, and this isn't like this isn't this isn't even like a like a white movie or whatever like i i legit don't know like any kid of this age regardless of like their their race or whatever like where they their city their country whatever like hook is hook so mm-hmm. all, all the kids in my elementary school like we all fuck with it so um so i'm i'm in the camp of like the four and a half um i think the only uh, i think the runtime is it's long yeah. It's a long, like, I was like, okay, like, I have time to watch this after I finish this thing for a job thing I've got this week. And then I was like, started it at five. Usually we sit down for dinner at seven. And I was like, oh, fuck, really? Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the runtime run is kind of an issue. Um, especially for a kid, I feel like. It's, yeah, but like I said, like, I many kids did not have a problem with the like the runtime though, but I think if you just sort of analyze the movie, like I think the runtime is a problem. Um, I think that well, I don't want to say problem, but it it's like the runtime is like really long, but I don't know what of this movie I would cut out to sacrifice for the runtime mm-hmm. uh, because if you cut out the hook stuff, you don't really get the great Dustin Hoffman shit. Um, if you cut out the Peter Pan shit, you don't really get the payoff like for when he actually turns. Right. Um, you you don't want to cut out the action because it's fucking action. So um, I feel like there were a couple of scenes where like they could be cut by a minute or two, and if they were cut by a minute or two, it probably would have took twenty minutes off the movie. Yeah, maybe. Like yeah. there were like a couple of scenes where like. Like, the insult scene. I thought it was really great, but I also was like, okay, this has been five minutes. Like, this could have been three, and it could have been tighter. You know, not a good or a bad thing. Any excuse to look at Dante Bosco's wig in that scene, I'll take it. But, like, boy. (laughs) Boy. Uh, Also, shout out to Dante Bosco, who has an amazing bit on uh, Rooster Teeth, where he talks about realizing people have his 15-year-old face tattooed on them. (laughs) That's a hell of a life, man. I couldn't imagine that. I will will throw that on our Facebook uh, show notes, because I got a lot of compliments on the show notes page we did last time, so I guess we got to keep doing it. Uh, So that way you can keep up... Yeah, but that way we can keep up with all my references. Um, And uh, you can also probably check it out on our nifty uh, Twitter thread that we now have. So uh, follow at Kat and Mark on Twitter. Yes, K-A-T-A-N-D-M-A-R-C, yes. Um, So, well, this movie, is there, oh, so I know you said that so the feminism in all three movies that we're going to discuss lacks. Pretty um, sure this so, movie doesn't pass the Bechdel test. So for the listeners, can you explain that a little bit further? And also, can you yeah. explain about um, the the fem- feminism or lack thereof about this movie that you disliked? Yeah, so uh, I the Bechdel test is uh, was created by Alison Bechdel, who wrote Funhouse and Are You My Mother and a couple other uh really cool graphic novels. Uh, and she uh, came up with this test. It's very simple. Uh, the women in the movie 
discuss something else other than a man. So this last Peter Pan movie squeaks right under that line, I think, uh, because they talk about Wendy moving out of the nursery, Wendy storytelling, and we were only going to drown her. Uh, so I would say that we're we're just squeaking under that line uh, in uh, in this one. I don't know that we do. Um, there, there's talk about mothers, particularly when. So there's a scene where Peter Pan's daughter is like singing and like all the. Um, I think the song is about mothers and there's a there's a point where like one of the pirates is like tearing up and says like something along the lines of like I miss my mother or something like that. Right but the idea is that it's two women who talk about something besides a man. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure Wendy only talks to Moira about about Peter being Peter a shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh so like yeah. uh, which is like the Bechdel test is not the be all end all for for feminism but it's a pretty good yardstick uh, I, I just I know that the wife's name is Moira yeah. but only because he starts shouting it at the end of the movie uh, <laughs> like okay um, Tank is just aggressively sexualized and she always kind of has been but yeah. like, are we ever? Is, is he ever gonna tell Moira that he made out with her? Like, is that? Uh, 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 he's, is that he's taking that one to the grave. <laughs> oh, he oh, he's not talking about them three mermaids either. I mean, oh I thought they were keeping him alive. The implication <laughs> seemed to be that they were. They were keeping me alive too. Oh, dude, I love that that's the only, like, the only women with rainbow-colored hair until fucking Ramona Flowers or those fucking... Uh... I mean, bro, that's... I was so confused by that scene when I was a kid, but I'm not confused anymore. <laughs> I see the light, man. Uh, light and bright. I see the light. Oh, my God. And it them mer titties. Um... Oh, yeah. Um, oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, so yeah, yeah I was kind of. Uh, it, it just gave me a little bit of the like heebie-jeebies, and um, I because yeah. everything else about it was good, but in in I would say somewhat Spielbergy style, this very much felt like a boys' club movie. Oh, no, it, but, it totally is. But by it, the same token, is. I was thinking about Indiana Jones, and I was like, Jesus. like That totally is as well, yes. I was going to Mar- say that. Well, no, but Mary and Ravenswood at least does stuff. Not, she not runs a bar. One, she's got a gun. Well, yeah, Willie's garbage. Throw Willie out. She doesn't count. Uh, she's in there to be hot. Fine. Great. Uh, in the no, third she one. Counts. Even... Hold on. <laughs> oh, she totally does, like, actually count, but, like, if we're going by the women in Indiana Jones movies being confident, capable, and doing things, she's the only one that doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't do shit. And, like, um, but granted, no. Elsa Schneider's a Nazi, but, like, she does do stuff. 
She like, she passes the sexy lamp test. The sexy lamp test. Yeah. So this is a test that exists. I don't know if I made this up or if this is a thing that's actually real, but I'm pretty sure it's real because I've heard other people talk about it. And it's the idea that if a woman is in a scene and can be replaced with a, a, a lamp, you know, obviously a sexy lamp, uh, and the scene is not impacted in any major way. <laughs> uh, well, I'm. I don't know I'm that Willie. You're putting down. I don't know that Willie passes the sexy lamp test. So, in in Hook, though, I'm of all the times I've watched this, yeah, like. I mean, especially when they go to the island, or well, Neverland, the only women are the two hook whores, because that's, you know, disrespectful, but the two women of pleasure that are draped on Hook's arms. Uh, yes. Peter's Ooh. daughter and Tinker, who's, like, throwing themselves all over Peter. And the, yep. and the, and the mermaids, and the mermaids. Yep, we get it. You're into the mermaids. The mermaids. So yeah, it, yeah. There's not very much feminism or anything important or even anything deep to say about women at all in this movie, other than I love my mom, which you know that's uh. that's you know it's it's a given. Like everyone loves their mom in some way. So, but yeah. So yeah. I don't, it, it didn't ruin the movie for me, but like, it's definitely a thing I noticed, you know, and yeah. I wish I, I didn't, but not seeing myself represented in so many movies is annoying because in a lot of movies, even though Wendy in the other movie is not great, she's there. Well, yeah. Like, I know that I really like, by the way, what they did with Wendy's character. Right. I like that she has raised generation upon generation of orphan. And like, I love that kind of concept conception of her. I think Hold it's really on, strong. Are you, are you talking about the original movie or the 2020? No, uh, no I'm talking about uh, her and Hook. Oh, OK, OK. You but the fact that they didn't replace her with anything. Yeah. Made her absence really noticeable for the majority of the Neverland stuff like even give me a female pirate give me something because at least in the original peter pan like they populate the island with some women that aren't the mermaids not a lot yeah. but only, like only two yeah but like i re I really felt like come on give me come on spielberg give me something just throw your wife in there it's fine uh no nah, i don't she's she does suck. She really sucks. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, also, question. Do you think Hook and Shmi are gay? I've, I've seen some uh, some chatter about this. And, uh... Shmi. Shmi, I've just had a sublime vision. <laughs> All the jagged parts of my life have, have come together to form a complete and mystical hell. An epiphany. Epiphany what? My life is over. Does that mean you've lost your appetite? Yes. Oh, goodbye. Uh, where are you going? Are you getting dramatic? 
Goodbye, Smith. Captain, why don't we play, play the old island? Hey? You know, all the little engines and the soldiers and all the lost boys. No stopping me this time, Smee. This is it. Don't make a move, Smee. Not a step. My finger's on the trigger. Don't try to stop me, Smee. I'm not again. This is it. Don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't you dare try to stop me this time, Smee. Try to stop me. Smee, you better get up off your ass. Get over here, Smee. I'm coming. I'm coming. coming. This is not a joke. I'm committing a suicide. Don't ever frighten me like that again. I'm sorry. Well, I'm some kind of a sadist. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How's you feel now? I want to die. Oh, no, no, no. There's no adventure here. You call this no adventure? Death is the only great adventure Come I have left me. Come on, let's get you in. No. Um, yeah, no, but I think if Hook, so, it, so it, think of this barometer or barometer or whatever. If Hook asked me for a hand job, would Shmi willingly give him the hand job? Now, is the two components to that question? The two components is, is Hook asking for the hand job? And then the second component is, is Shmi a willing and able servant in a lot of different ways to give him said hand job? So, Shmi has I, great bisexual energy, and I kind of hate it. What do you mean, hate it? <laughs> Why do you say like I didn't say love it? Why do you hate it? Uh, so I, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I know there's not a lot of good bisexual representation out there. So the fact that, like, he's pretty aggressively flirting with those, uh, we like the redhead style Pirates of the Caribbean wench auction wenches, uh, and then kind of turning it around and, and maybe being very into, uh, whatever is happening with, uh, Hook is not a bad thing, but I also was like, ah, yes, this was bisexual representation for a long time. Whatever the hell I'm watching here. Uh. Um, I don't know. I think he would just, a, a real helpful man servant, maybe in more ways than one. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. I haven't thought about it, so... Um... Oh, shit. I'm on the scene with, um... With Tinkerbell. She's about to get big. And then Robin's about to get big, also. Oh, yeah. Damn, she looks fine. She's wearing, I mean, like, the same dress from Labyrinth. Just saying. <laughs> don't... Didn't notice. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure that's what you were focusing on. Hey, man, I'm a sucker for a beautiful next man. What can I tell you? Um, damn, like, damn, Julia Roberts, she was it. She <laughs> the quick Julia Roberts appreciation moment. Oh, yeah, um, I appreciate the hell out of her. I watch Notting Hill way too often because it's on HBO's license right now. Oh, shout out to that. I think it's... I don't think it's going away soon, but shout out to that anyway. Um, so, final thoughts on Hook, other than big bisexual energy. Um, 
Honestly, yeah, but this like, movie. not great bisexual energy. Kind of, kind of a, like, I've been told bisexuality exists bisexual energy. Uh, yeah, like, you've been told of it. You don't really see it, but maybe someone can convince you if they argue hard enough for it. Well, I feel that, like... I feel like Steven Spielberg was like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. There are people out there who like, like, more than one gender? Is that even possible? I've heard of the gay, but, like, can you only have half the gay? Like, it, it feels like this is something he's grappling with in this. And, like, I don't know if that's... Gay Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's it. <laughs> Uh, one of my friends used to say I'm only straight on Tuesdays. Uh, <laughs> and like, good on you, fam. Uh, but like, I I just, I couldn't tell. And looking at it with a 2020 lens, it definitely seems maybe that's what the intentionality was. They just didn't know how to do it. And, I mean, yeah. Spielberg That's the doesn't. Thing, right? I can't really tell. Spielberg doesn't do anything as far as sexuality in any of these movies. Like, except I, straight, he does well, straight. Yeah, but like that. But it's more along the lines of like a guy having a crush on some girl and him doing something wild or heroic to get like have fallen in love, or whatever. But no, I I know what you mean. I I actually agree. But like, I don't. But that's the thing. I've never. Shit, I don't even remember. Indiana than, Jones, though. Yeah, but that's... he does the straight. To quote yeah. the Venga Boys, we like to party. Uh, like he well, he maybe... wakes up with some some women in states of undress, well, implying maybe... they shared a bed. Well, maybe I should revise it. He doesn't do. He does like he'll do like like lust. Like he'll get that down sometimes, mm-hmm. but. He doesn't do what what it's actually mean to like fall in love really. Like I don't I, I think the only thing I can think of is like Ready Player One. But I'm like I I'm thinking of like his early shit. Like I mm. can't nothing nothing else is coming to mind. Also, Ready Player One had that uh written in aspect. Yeah. You know, like it it is not his idea. Yeah. So I don't. Oh. I don't know if it's the right idea. I, I'm not a fan of Ready Player One, the book or the movie. So you know, make it that what you will. But um, shout out to Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh and, yeah, uh, I I had a note about her, and I was like, is that Gwyneth Paltrow? And then like five lines later, I was like, can confirm. Mega red hair. Shit, this is like eight. This is what um, fuck, like six years before Shakespeare in Love. Something, yeah. I'm like that. Probably longer. But um, but no, he yeah. I, well, Ready Player One is only good for the the first New York chase and the the Shining Hotel scene. Any everything else in Ready Player One is like uh, it's not worth your time. <laughs> the book is also not worth your time. Isn't the uh, book like super long? And over no, long? it's not. It's like a the length of a YA novel. Uh, okay. But uh, Holy fight shit. me in fight me in the DMs, nerd boys. I know a lot of you like Ready Player One. I don't hate it, 
but there are better narratives out there. And if you need something to stroke your nostalgia fetish that much, just watch Pixels. You can always buy it for 99 cents somewhere. Whoa. I So I wrote a review of Ready Player One that I didn't even know I wrote. So I wrote, the New York City race and the shining homage are the only redeemable qualities of this film. Leeching nostalgia to push an uninteresting story only leaves room for enjoying the action and nothing else. <laughs> the shining bit, I don't think is in the book. Okay. Like that, they were just like, ah, shit, what, what else does this studio own that we can shove in there? Because I remember I saw it in Italy. So I saw it in Italian with English subtitles. Uh, and I was like, was that the Iron Giant? What the fuck? Like, most of that movie was me going, oh, look at all those Disney characters that they don't have the rights to that they didn't put. Like, I saw Tracer and I was like, hi, Tracer. That's from Overwatch for, for those of you who don't know. Uh, and I was like. I don't know anything else that's going on here. Like, <laughs> and I've read the damn book. Zero out of 10. Remember, ladies, it's okay to not be symmetrical because the line, she was beautiful, except she had a birthmark that took up half her face, existed. And I was like, okay, so she was beautiful and like, Yeah, it's not what you want. It's not what you want. No. 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 So, Hook. Um, well, Peter finally flies an hour and 40 minutes into Hook, and there's 41 minutes left of this movie. Um, so we, I, let's close out Hook by saying that we, we, I mean, we definitely both agree that it is a good time, but we do identify that there are... Um, they're all flaws in the movie. Not mm-hmm. irredeemable flaws, but flaws nonetheless. Yes. All right. Okay. So let's pivot to 2020's Wendy. So what did you think? If I say I loved it, that's too strong. Mm-hmm. But I really like this movie. But I had a feeling you would. Like, the thing that stuck out to me was whenever we talked last week about who the movie was for and you were saying you didn't believe it was really for kids, mm-hmm. I I kind of wrestled with that in the movie because I don't know if you ever watched Dawson's Creek going, growing up or even in reruns or syndication or whatever. Yeah. But the thing with Dawson's Creek, it's it was like these group of teenagers, high school teenagers, they're basically like they start as high school freshmen and then they – the show pivots to them like being like freshmen in college and like graduating, whatever. But primarily, the show's focusing on them as high schoolers. And the thing with Dawson's Creek was like these, like the dialogue they had wasn't how it wasn't how normal. Like I don't want to. There's no normal in my book, but it wasn't like how quote unquote normal teenagers talked or whatever. So the elevated the language of the show was elevated. And it gave it a different dynamic than other teen shows and teen dramas at the time. And so I think the language of the film is really fucking dope. Beware, children. You can leave yourself behind. You won't even know when it happened. Yes, 
is where lost boys go when they're really lost. All children grow up. But some, the wild ones, the ones with the light in their eye, But kids, I can admit that like kids probably don't talk like this. Like, like basically, like Peter Pan is a kid who's having a midlife crisis at like nine years old. Yes. Like it's it's I don't want to say it's a hard sell, but when I was that when I was that young, like I never I never said things like his heart broke into two. And all the joy bled out. Like, well, my, my understanding is that she is narrating this at the end of the movie. So when it shows her as an adult and her children are running away, my understanding is that this is her telling that story to uh. them. And then, you know, we are visually seeing... Wendy's story, but hearing Wendy's story to her children. Okay, that I that makes sense. I I swear I remember some of the narration being of the of the daughter. But well, when she was young, but it it explaining in that light, it kind of it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Um. That's I always what that... I assume when they cut at the end of a movie, though, to a parent telling the story. I'm like, ah, yes. Like, yeah, the parent so is like, telling the story. So, one of, like, in the... And I think this part actually is said by the, when she's a kid. Uh, Beware of children. You can leave yourself behind and never... And not even know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there was another quote where it's like... Um, uh, you you wouldn't be so miserable if you all would talk to each other, mm-hmm. and like that's what they shout. It's like the old people, like on the on the other yeah. part of the island. Have did you ever see the? I think it was 1991, the 91 Twilight Zone movie. Have I seen the 91 Twilight Zone movie? Yeah, unfortunately. Because when they when they went to the when they went to the island. With the mm-hmm. old people, I got big vibes of like the nursing home scene of that, yeah. And that was and that was directed by none other than Steven Spielberg. Like I got big vibes of basically like them initially trying to push you know even though you're technically old, you can still be young in heart. And so I thought they were going they were going to initially go to that. They kind of pivoted away, but then they ultimately ended up on that anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the kids say our lives would be the greatest story ever told. Like, I would, if I was a kid, I would love to talk like that. Honestly, but like, I never said shit like that. I just talked about X Men cartoons and like Batman. Yeah. Media, so. Well, I mean, I also think seeing the parents or like the mother read to the kids and like tell stories to the kids made that a little more believable for me. Like, I was like, oh, okay, if the mom talks like this, it kind of makes sense to me that, like, they would try to emulate that, you know? 
Yeah. Um. Because like Peter doesn't talk like that. Yeah, he doesn't. And uh, none of the other boys and girls. I liked that there were girls. Uh, talk like that either and I think the idea that they've been there a really long time and like as a side effect of that you know kind of that elevated language and that like adulty adultiness yeah is sneaking away from them I kind of really liked I thought it was a, a strong choice and it made something really pretty in its own way yeah, I think speak, even just using the word pretty, like, I do think, I think visually the aesthetic of the movie is really, really spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, and like I said before, like the language, like, of they kind of, it's kind of like eulogy. It's in, it's in an odd way they're, they're sort of like eulogizing being old, but from a young perspective. Mm-hmm. And they're they're really trying to hold on to innocence in this very endearing way. And Peter, who's doing it in a very selfish and sort of naive way, but there is still kind of like I do think there's I do think there's beauty in kids like still holding on to like some part of being a child. Like I, I mean getting old, like it's it like everything, it has its pros and its cons, but um, and I mean, at the end of the day, like it's Peter, Peter in this movie, Wendy, and also in 53, like he's unreasonably just trying to stay a kid just for the sake of being a kid. Mm-hmm. But I do think, hold, I, I do think there are some of the pressures about children that hold on to their nostalgia. I mean, not hold on to nostalgia, hold on to their childhood and their innocence in that way that like, once you lose that innocence, man, that shit's gone forever. Mm-hmm. And so I don't. And I think that's kind of the problem of the movie where there's no way a kid would really know that. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of hard to think that Peter would really hold on that hard to his childhood. But I do agree with you in the sense that like this movie is for adults. But I do think this movie could be showed to kids also. Yeah. Uh, and so, I would say older kids, though. Don't... Because the scene where the kid's hand gets cut off... Yeah is really intense like i don't think i would feel comfortable showing that to either like a brave eight-year-old yeah i'm surprised they actually had that part in the movie like that's and they didn't even they kind of cut away from it but not really not really yeah it was it was pretty wild uh i'm a big fan of uh also it was shot on 16 millimeter uh which is just always so pretty um, and it was also shot on uh, Montserrat, which is an island that has never been filmed on before, ever. Uh, it's highly volcanic, uh, and evidently uh, making the movie there was so much, like, hassle that they kind of decided, like, the, the studio never really came to check on production. Uh, they were I like, I will like, just yeah. presume that you have got it covered, sir. Um, nice. But, like, I was reading about this director. Like, he also taught the kids how to swim. Because, like, most of them didn't know how to swim. Like, he picked actors that were really good at being kids. And yeah. to me, that really showed in 
how good they were at being kids. Yeah. Like, I never, because I had this issue with Pan a little bit where I was like, okay, or not Pan. Pan, I've also seen. Don't see Pan. It's a mistake. Um, in Hook, where I was like, okay, we get it. You're a kid who's really trying to act. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Boy, is I... that some kid acting. Yeah. And again, no Tino Shade, but like, boy, was that some kid acting. Boyo. <laughs> Boyo, some kid acting. Like, I just, but, I didn't yeah. love that. And I felt like this did a really nice job of, I don't want to say like elevating that, but like it didn't feel acted. It felt lived in a way that I thought was very strong. I think the, the, like in the early nineties, like we weren't really asking kids to be like emotional, dramatic actors in this movie. Like there's, there's very little scenes where the kids have to do something dramatic. It's all like, it's all surface Well, I don't say all, but it's like majority surface level, majority like try to be a little bit comedic or whatever. There's only really a handful of times when kids have to be dramatic other than Rubio getting shanked, uh, Rufio <laughs> getting shanked. Um, but no, I understand what you're doing. Um, I mean, because even like, like even thinking of E.T., where that movie naturally it had more drama, so like the kids kind of had more to do in the uh, kids center of the movie. I but, don't know. I haven't seen it. Oh damn! <laughs> uh, it's it's. I'll I'll tell you a secret. Et slightly overrated. The ride at Universal Studios was so good and I remember being like, wow, that was amazing. And then my parents were like, "Mm, that might be all you need to see from the E.T. front. And I was like, really? And they were like, really? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, like it's... I'm a big fan of Botanicus. Uh, I live and I die by Botanicus. Uh, I know I've mentioned him before, but I will mention him again because I think he's the man. <laughs> like E.T. is, uh, uh, it's good for '80s nostalgia, and it's good for it's probably it is better if you are a kid watching E.T. Mm-hmm. But we've come so far along from where E.T. was and to how we actually treat aliens now that it's it's <laughs> like they like I mean I, like I think it, you, the change is how we actually treat aliens now yeah like now it's like they're we we use we basically use aliens now as as a um, avatar for how we want to talk about politics in America or politics in the world now and I mean to an extent E.T. does that in a way, but like even for even for a movie like The Quiet Place, like <laughs> these I was super salty that got postponed because I actually sat down and watched it finally, like the first one. Because I knew I was going to see the second one, and then the second one got bumped, and I was like Like you can Oh like, it's like the Neat. Quiet Place 
the quiet place you can say is an allegory of how white people treat Mexicans. Like, the, like, like these aliens pop down in Mexico of all places, and these white people can't they can't do or say anything. Or all right, I'll be honest. I was only half it. paying attention, so uh, uh, I may have missed that. Oh yeah. So like, so yeah, it's like, so it's like <laughs> these be- these aliens pop pop down in Mexico. They come to America, well, illegally, obviously. And if you're like, if you're, it's only white people in the movie getting killed. So, you know, if you, if you're a white person, you say anything, you do anything, like the Mexicans are going to kill you. So, so. Oh, sweet Jeebus. <laughs> I mean, that's why I said that it's like, they're alien, these aliens are just used as an allegory for something larger. Like, I just watch this, this bad movie called Captive State and they're only used as an avatar for how big government is bullshit. So it's like like E.T. like like E.T. like it, it doesn't do that ham handedly or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good children's movie. I would say it's probably worth at least a watch to see if you will like it or not. For me, like I was never moved by E.T. I'll be honest, like when I was a young ass kid, when I was like three or four, ET used to scare the shit out of me. So I never watched it when I was a kid. Uh, I really? watched. You're not the only one I've heard that from. It's a fucking uncircumcised penis with glowing fingers. Like it's it's not what you. You want. are the only person I have heard that from. Oh, when you see it, oh, you'll you'll see it. Don't worry. When you get it, you know. Yeah, and so it's it, it's okay. I would say I would say watch it for yourself and judge it for yourself, but um. But yeah, um, going back to Wendy though, <laughs> going back to the movie Wendy. Um, but yeah, you said you did point out how the child acting in Wendy um, is especially superior to Hook. Um, I agree. I agree with that. Um, the acting. Oh my god, like, these kids are these kids are acting. really talented. Yeah, like, they were really fucking good. Like I well, hope they all have their whole thing was that they weren't actors these are just kids he hung out with i mean not like that but like he auditioned them he specifically was auditioning kids with no talent like no i don't want to say no talent but like no previous credits you know no representation in like the talent agency sense yeah and was picking from them yeah so yeah um they all did an amazing job um, I I did not think the movie was dull. Um, I don't think it was too long. Um, I think I think people dismissing the movie the way I've seen it online. I saw mm-hmm. someone give like a fifty five percent on some uh, video blog or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I just think that's kind of asinine, honestly. Like, if you like, if you think about what is think of think of any action adventure for kids' perspective, like, you want to have, a, you want to have solid aesthetics, like, you want to have, like, you want to have the good acting, and you want to have, like, a good story, and I think the movie had that completely. I think people, I don't know, maybe they didn't appreciate, like, the whole mother aspect of it, of how, you know, we were using the language mother, but it was used as a, as this larger thing, but in actuality, we're really talking about like, you know, them missing their moms. Like, mm-hmm. so 
I don't know, man. It's I mean, it's kind of like the same way with Hook. Like Hook is a movie that critically was panned, um, but people who actually watched it, like, well, people who weren't critics and they watched it, they like it. Hopefully, Wendy is a movie in that sort of vein where it's not as actiony and like spectacular as Hook, but it, it I hope it does have a VOD audience that mm-hmm. it does show their kids and it does spread by word of mouth. Um, so I think Winnie is well worth it. Um, but don't, I don't, maybe don't go see it right now. But I mean, go see it there's soon. A, there's a lot in the air. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I looked out and I saw it in an empty ass theater for the most part. I I I swear I think it was only like five people in the movie theater that I mm-hmm. saw it with. So I was okay. Um, and if it does come with BOD, like. Four bucks to rent. I think it's a, a good four bucks to use. Um, but yeah, Wendy, I would say. I mean, there hasn't been very much. <laughs> there hasn't been very much movies this year. I I like Wendy better than Invisible Man. I would say that for sure. Oh, definitely. Um, so maybe that should be the Oscar for. <laughs> maybe that's our Oscar for Wonderful Picture of the Year. <laughs> I mean, it should be. Yeah. Doesn't mean it will be. Yeah, I gave I gave Wendy four stars, and I think you gave it you gave it a uh, three and a three half. Three and a half. Um, I think even going back to you when you say you know, look at the look at your words more than the actual rating in most cases. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's things that I saw you wrote about it that we both agree on. So I don't think we have. Um, so as I can tell, I don't think we have very much disagreements about Wending being a pretty um, solid movie for this year. Yeah, no, and I I think also, though, I, I really do stand by. I'm not sure that I can go back to it. I'm really struggling <clears throat> with trying to figure that out. Uh, also, I will keep in mind uh, Ty Burr, who is a reviewer whose opinion I greatly appreciate uh, from the Boston Globe, uh, he gave it two and a half. Jesus. But when he described it to me, he made it sound like the worst movie he'd seen. So. That's not what you want. Yeah, but also two and a half to me doesn't seem that bad. Oh, no, there's, you can go way worse. I I gave fucking um, Dark Phoenix like one star, so. And that was there, are, there are films out there I would give no stars. What was that yeah. Tina Fey, Amy Poehler movie that came out a couple years ago? Uh, what the fuck? WTF? No, I think it's the Sisters one. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> I definitely do not. Because I, that's the first movie that I've walked out of the theater on. Ooh. Sisters. It's called Sisters. It came out in 2015. Uh, and Tina Fey was the promiscuous sister, and Amy Poehler was the the regular sister. And it was maybe the most uncomfortable thing I've ever watched. <laughs> Were they talking about fucking a lot? Like, what was this? About? Well, like I I believe John Cena was in it, and he was their contemporary, and maybe he sold drugs. We don't know. It was so uncomfortable. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get through it. It was so much. 
You said it was 2015? Yeah, it's called Sisters. Uh, that would make the letterbox list, but I will not be reviewing that movie. So. <laughs> I remember leaving it. I'd never. That's the first and only movie I've ever left. I can't think of a movie I walked out on. I'm I'm like lucking out, and well, not it's not even really luck, but I'm like really picking and choosing movies that I I actually want to spend time on. So I'm not catching like a lot of duds um, when I actually go out to movie theaters. Um, there's a couple of like in 2017 that were that were duds that I saw, but it was not my fault. It was other person's fault. <laughs> but um, movies I'm going like solo, like I'm really out picking and choosing like mm-hmm. um, real good shit to actually watch. Um, I can't think of the last dud that. I went out to see the last sort of, I guess, movie I was disappointed in that I watched like at the crib. Um, the favorite, I I didn't really like the favorite. I thought it was okay, but people... I'd like to watch it at some point just because I I've, I've heard a lot of opinions, but I haven't actually seen it. Yeah, the woman who um, was the lead in it, she won like best actress, and yeah, I didn't I didn't see it. Like I didn't see her. The reason for her winning that, um, it, it was like it was a very, it, it was an okay movie. It wasn't anything great. Um, look at my watch list from last year. I mean, I did see um, Dark Phoenix. That was I saw Dark Phoenix on an airplane, so I did not pay for that atrocity. Thank God. Mm. <laughs> um, Probably good. Well, actually, I mean. Rise of Skywalker. I paid for that, unfortunately. So I um, still don't think it's as bad as everyone is saying it is. I don't think it's good, but I don't think it is as bad. Like I am mean, not mad that I saw it. Visually, I thought it was all right. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say that I'm mad that I saw it, but to me, I also it's incredibly disappointing. It's disappointing, but, like, I can't muster up the degree of nerd rage that I used to be able to. Like, like, yeah, it's a disappointing Star Wars movie, so that makes four four of them that I consider disappointing. Actually, you know, it's it's not even the fact that the movie was disappointing. It's just their... The the most disappointing thing was J.J. Abrams' obviously response uh, responding to the quote-unquote backlash from uh jedi yes and then completely pivoting away from that from that movie like like it was just oh my god for rose to talk to finn for like two sentences in that entire movie like it's it was total bullshit, man. Like, it was, yeah. No. To me, the the rewriting was the inherently problematic bit. The fact that it was clear that he didn't like certain aspects. He was trying to rewrite certain aspects. And, like, it didn't, to me, it didn't land in a way that was meaningful or good. Because, like, yeah, it was. It just wasn't what you wanted. But you said there was four Star Wars movies disappointed in. What are the four? Uh, all of the prequels. <laughs> oh, you didn't even like and Revenge nine. of the Sith. I liked Revenge of the Sith fine, but it also came out when I was five years old. Or seven. I was seven years old. And that movie is incredibly intense to watch as a seven year old. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, they get into the shits. Like, they're getting to the shits in that movie. But even as an adult, you would still say that movie's just a disappointment? It's fine. It's about... Oh, God, I'm about to get fought in all the DMs. I'm so sorry. Uh, it's about how I feel about Nine. Except I have more fun watching it because it's so bad it's good to me. Damn, you think Sith is bad? Because it, it's objectively not a good movie. Ooh, damn. That may be, I think that's the most we disagree in a movie. I, um, I can still enjoy it, by the way, while thinking it is objectively a bad film. So you would, so for you, does it fall into the category of a good bad movie? Yeah. Damn. From my perspective, the Jedi are evil. I mean, well, he's he, he wasn't necessarily wrong. He they're they're neutral, but being uh, neutral his, is bad. His, his delivery was more what oh, I was yeah. thinking about. Oh no! Oh no! He's a terrible fucking actor. Like, he's not. He's actually he's not. He's a, he does. He's a good actor with good direction. He was just given uniformly poor direction by this movie. And this is a hill I'll die on. Did you see him in Jumper? I think that's what it's called. (laughs) I saw Jumper. It's not terrible. (laughs) Like, listen, he's also, he's, he, that movie is bad, but he is not that bad in it. Yeah, I never thought we would talk about Jumper on this podcast. <laughs> Add that to the list, boy. Woo. Bro, Jumper. Now, that's a movie I haven't thought about in fucking years. God. Well, thanks. I always think about it, so congratulations. Welcome always, to my life. You always think about Oh, Jumper. dude. Every time someone brings up, like, yeah. oh, did you know Hayden Christensen can't act? I'm like, bitches. May I introduce you to Jumper, where he did a lot better work despite it being a much worse movie. Oh my god. You said Jumper. (laughs) You said Jumper like it was the big Joker. (laughs) Jumper! Wham! (laughs) You just throw that right in there. Oh, Oh my god. That was a take. I'm very happy you brought this take to the table. Oh my god. the correct take like don't go watch jumper everybody like son just are don't we, but like are we gonna have to have a jumper episode <laughs> listen we're stuck in quarantine indefinitely i think it's happening oh my god the hayden christensen revival <laughs> this is what we've gotta come this is what we gotta do because uh he was supposed to be at a Comic-Con I was working, and now he's not, because the Comic-Con has been canceled forever, so... Were you going to come up to him and do the 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 jumper conversation with him? Uh, no. Yes, you were! <laughs> no! No, of course not, no. But if I'm, someone... I'm cool, I can hang, but, like, maybe I would have. If uh, someone... might have come up. No, I wouldn't have brought it up, but if someone happened to jump Yeah, us, no, if I was given the opportunity to, like, to talk about, like, if I was given an opportunity to sit down with Hayden Christensen and be like, talk to me about your filmography, Home Slice, I absolutely yeah. would have been like, so you want to tell me about Jumper? 
In the same way that I would be like, hey, Chris Evans, do you want to talk to me about working on Snowpiercer or some other movie that he made that didn't make a bajillion dollars? Bro, I wish I could be, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall for that conversation where you like see someone and some nerd in the background like hops and you both guys happen to catch it. Wow, that guy jumped. Speaking of jumping. Yeah. So let's, uh, is, it, is that even what it's called? I honestly don't remember. I don't remember what it's called. I almost but... called it Looper, and I know that's definitely not it. No, nah, Looper is a, a different a bad movie. movie. <laughs> Yo, this is, oh yeah. I honestly can't remember if Looper is good or not. Apologies if, well, I can remember it is not good, but like, I, I know Brian people John- like it, so. Ryan Johnson directed it, and it yeah. has like, a shitload of four stars on it. I never saw it, so it's all right. It's a decent science fiction take. I'm about I that. Guess. De- I'm about that decent science fiction life, so that's going to the watch list. Uh, uh, it's also like a surprisingly, I would say, good uh, commentary on uh, like climate change and stuff. I feel like that it should be more popular for doing that well than probably anything else. Damn, so we got jumper talk, we got looper talk. That's that's why you guys come to this podcast. Like we you don't know where the On the, fuck the Peter Pan this. episode, you got jumper and looper. <laughs> big Hayden Christensen talk. <laughs> yeah, big Hayden Christensen energy. Clearly. Oh, oh my God. That should be someday when we invariably start a Patreon. That should be our Patreon exclusive podcast. Just big Hayden Christensen energy. We'll get him. We'll get him on the podcast. I hope. Have... I want to interview him desperately. <laughs> like it will be a forty-five minutes on Looper alone. That's it. Oh, dude! If if we have Hayden Christensen on our podcast, I'm gonna ask him so many questions. I'm gonna ask him questions about movies he wasn't even in. Like, he was in the Virgin Suicides. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. No, he's been like around the block for like a minute. Like, I kind of always forget that. Like, oh right, like he's existed for like a bit. Yeah. Like this is a person that exists. I forgot he was in Takers. Takers is this. Uh, it falls into the good bad heist movie category yeah it's not that good of a movie but for a heist movie it's pretty decent um yeah i I, when i woke up this morning i did not think i would be talking about the career arc of aiden christensen of all the places that you expected this to go i feel like this was probably not high on the list uh but it was not even and on the paper. But boy, am list, I glad so. you're here to experience this with me. The slow losing of my insanity. <laughs> oh, man. So, <laughs> well, getting back to Wendy, we're going to jump off of Hayden Christensen and go back to Wendy. To Wendy. Um, I thought it was good. I'm glad I saw it. I will probably watch it again. I've been listening to the soundtrack a lot because I find the soundtrack. I don't know if you had any strong feelings about the soundtrack, but I am still kind of obsessed with it. No, like I think uh, apart from aesthetically, like the the sonically, the it was fucking on point, man. Like it was, yeah, it was 
it was everything, man. Like I, I do think, I, I do think that it is going to be something slept on. I think that, like I said, I hope it does have a second life on Netflix where it's just kind of this like this this thing that people talk about and then all of a sudden people are you know just saying like random quotes of our lives will be the greatest story ever told and like you know cheesy facebook status like that it's gonna get a weird cult following and i don't know that i'm excited about that weird cult following because it's always kind of weird about if you're gonna like the weird cult following you get or not uh, but my my hope is that uh, the cult following that Wendy gets are the type of people that will sing Mother's song on the train and you know kind of be <laughs> make TikToks videos of it and be goofy. Yeah, yeah, I would deal. With, I would do that. I would I would make some TikToks of this bullshit. Uh, oh, and I am happy that they had the. Um... To live will be an awfully big adventure. Well, I I think they shoehorn that in because I feel like Peter and Wendy would not have said it. It, it, He didn't feel. I think that was the only piece of acting that did not feel comfortable for Peter. But oh, I I totally bought into him saying that though, just to make her happy. Like that is to me, it seemed like what that was, and I super bought into I am saying this to make this woman who I thought or you know girl but whatever who I thought had my vision but clearly doesn't this is how I get her to go away okay all right I'm on board again I bought into that pretty strongly I was like yeah I kind of see what's happening here now and like I liked that a lot more than I did the idea of like, cause I, I initially, I was like, Oh, that stuck out. And then thinking about it in the context of that moment, I was like, okay, actually I didn't hate that. <laughs> okay. So moment of truth. So of the three movies of Peter Pan, yep. Hook and Wendy, who holds the heavyweight championship belt. Uh, so I am gonna give it to Wendy, but only just. So I feel like Wendy and Hook are kind of the the top two teams in March Madness. Yeah. Is or we can't make that reference anymore because March Madness doesn't exist. Uh. No, but America's full of gamblers and they know what that meant. So yeah, we can still use it. Okay. Cool. Because, like, I feel that that movie, I don't want to say did the most, because that doesn't seem correct, but, like, I feel like it did a lot well with the material and freshening it up, making it real, making it new, and also making it authentic to what Peter Pan would look like in 2020, where I'm not sure. To me, Hook feels more like a sequel than a retelling. Oh, no, it's definitely a sequel. Like, this is, like you know, shit, this is more than 20 years. Like, it's, if, like, if Peter Pan is 53, I mean, it's literally, like, Wendy ages. She also says at one point, like, remember the stories we used to tell J.M. Barry, who lived next door, wrote them down. Like, so let me just look up when J.M. Barry was alive real quick. (laughs) 
Yeah, he died in 1937. Oh, shit, that's a... So if we assume that in 1991, Wendy is, let's say, 80, right? That would have had to have been fairly late. Like, they would have had to have been significantly, like, 1915, 1920. Yeah, it's... It's old. It's old. They're old. Um, I, for me, I still give the best movie to Hook, but I do have... I think from an artistic standpoint... I do think Wendy is a superior movie of the three. Um, I'm a I'm a Spielberg slut, so <laughs> oh, like, this even is though I be sh- interesting because I'm as this podcast goes on, I'm not. Well, I mean, I I shit on Ready Player One, so I'm not that big of a. And I actually shit. I shit on Ready Player One and ET, so maybe I'm not a Spielberg slut. <laughs> still be a Spielberg but, slut and acknowledge that he has a, uh, issues as a filmmaker. Oh yeah, you can. Um, but I think um, I think yeah, artistically what it's trying to do, the kid acting, Wendy definitely is the superior, but I'm I'm still going to give it to Hook for now, but I think in a year, if, like, if I'm still watching Wendy and it grows on me um that could potentially like overtake it. Hiya puddins, it's your girl Holly Quinn, aka Dr. Harleen Quinzel, here to tell y'all about it's like a podcast or whatever. We talk about nerd stuff and life stuff, and if you want to know what we're about, check out the Powie Awards, our 100th episode Q and Slay, or theater from our butts. Have a good day puddins, and love, trust, and belief. Find Kat at Kat Chinetti on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Find Marcus at Show and Mad Love on Twitter and Instagram. S H O I N M A D L O V. Please join our Facebook group at We Should Do This Again Sometime and follow us on Twitter at Kat, K A T, and Mark, M A R C. Read us at catseesmovies.tumblr.com and the Mark Rob, T H E. M-A-R-C-R-O-B dot wordpress dot com. Be sure to tip your waitress at Catherine Chinetti on Venmo. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenlee under Hyphen Podcast Group in conjunction with It's Like a Podcast or whatever. Thanks again for listening. We should do this again sometime.